Why do people love your business? What are the unforgettable moments you create for your audience? How do you build a business that people feel compelled to talk about? The Remarkable Project with Jay Tinkler. Welcome to Remarkable Conversations. Well, today I have Ben Johnson, who is the owner of Evocative, um, who are a brand design company based in Brisbane, Australia. And they work with organisations to, uh, I guess, invent or reinvent brands to not only allow their clients to think and act more deliberately, but also inspire a sense of forward progression that can drive business growth and do what we all want to do, right? Which is attract more of the right type of clients. Welcome, Ben. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for having me. Mate, we are trying to tackle this topic, which we, you and I chatted about, um, I think, last week, which was this idea of doing a performance review on your brand once a year, um, almost like doing a staff performance review, but doing a performance review on your brand to to look at how effective it really is and to make sure that we're st- keeping our finger on the pulse there. I want to start by asking you, why is it important that businesses look at this once a year? So if you think of it like any other performance review, um, any other aspect of your business, there should always be commercial objectives and outcomes for the brand. Um, otherwise, I know it's basically some art, it looks pretty, um, but really it's this commercial objective. It needs to drive your business forward. Um, and if you think of your brand, and I, maybe if we say logo for simplicity's sake, your logo, um, if you think of your logo as an employee, it's got a job to do. It'll start costing you time and money if it doesn't perform. Um, so it is important that you do check up on it every now and then because um, things do date, things change, your business evolves. So we want to make sure it's staying up to date with where your business is and where it's heading. Um, if, if you imagine that you've got an actual employee that might not be pulling their weight, how would you react to them? So I don't know, say they're just showing up for the paycheck, uh, not putting much enthusiasm and uh, maybe they don't really understand or care while you started your business in the first place. Um, They might be poorly groomed or poorly dressed, probably haven't showered for a few days, um, generally looking a bit incompetent and untrustworthy. Uh, And what's worse is this person's been talking to your prospects and customers. Um, They've been standing out the front of your business, yelling at people. Um, They've basically logged onto your Facebook and your website and started altering all the copy. And basically here is where they've been doing a terrible job of explaining your business to the world. Um, and what's worse is that person is then giving this impression that, you know, you're not, your company's not that professional. Maybe it's a bit more of a backyard operation, sort of an amateur hour type operation. Um, the scary thing is a lot of logos are out there doing that. Um, even conservatively, a small to medium-sized business will have its brand and namely its logo reproduced and seen like literally millions of times. And that's not an exaggeration. Um, If you think of all the uniforms, marketing collateral, brochures, company vehicles, signage, ads, website visitors, the list goes on and on and on. Um, So imagine this Slack employee plastering their unenthusiastic and unwashed face all over the front of your building, on your vehicles, your brochures, all over each page of your website. You'd be going... I think I better do something about this and pretty damn quick. Like you'd 
pull them in and have a chat, I'm pretty sure. So the same goes for, and I actually coined this phrase back in uni when I was doing my honours year about branding. It's called a Slack logo. And it's basically a logo that's not doing its job properly. And then it's therefore costing business trust, reputation, and ultimately it's bottom line. Um, So that's why I believe these brand performances and brand performance reviews are so important to conduct sort of on a semi-regular basis, depending on how much your business changes and evolves. So it's a very fast moving tech business. You might want to look at it a bit more often, but I'd say even annually would be a good sort of goalpost to aim for. Yeah, and I I guess... At the end of the day, we're, we're trying to, this podcast is all about how do you build a business that people feel compelled to talk about. And um, it's one thing trying to encourage people to talk about that business, but also there's a level of um, giving them the right tools and the right language to be able to be spreading the right message, right? So that there's, there's the ability piece too. Um, so if we are to you know, I'm feeling that the market is starting to slow down as we come up into Christmas. And obviously, there'll be people taking a little bit of time off and um, having a bit of a break. And often what happens over that time is we reevaluate, we look at things um, and assess things. If a business was to do this performance review for themselves, what are the three areas that we need to be tackling? And where do we start? So I would say distinctiveness. So how distinctive is your business and your brand? Um, How consistent is it? And then how relevant is it? So I can go into those three different aspects, give you some tips on what to look for. Um, So if we start with, say, distinctiveness, uh, it's all about looking different to your competitors and other businesses that are out there. So even if you just have a look around, are there other businesses that look similar to yours? Um, maybe gauge how similar their logo colors and messaging in particular is to yours. Um, If you are looking very similar to someone else, particularly if they're in your industry or chasing your same customers, um, it definitely might be time to look at, yeah, maybe a refresh or just adapting the brand a bit to help stand out. Um, The reason this is important and what I might do is just give you a really quick history on branding. Um, If you look at around the 7th to 15th centuries um, in the Old Norse language, which is Old Scandinavian, there's actually a word called brander. So it's like brand with an R on the end, and it literally means to burn. So that's the meaning of the word. Um, Back then, lots of cattle farming. Um, So say I'm farming cattle, Jay, I've got my own farm. Um, You're a few farms over and you've, I don't know, taken a bit of a liking to the cattle that I've got on my farm and reckon I might nick a few of them in the middle of the night. Uh, Next morning, it's very hard for me to not only recognise and find them, um, but it's also very hard to prove that the ones that you've got in your yard are actually mine. Um, So what I've done is come up with a bright idea. I've got some wrought iron. I've bent that into a very distinctive shape and then I've actually heated that right up and actually branded the animals. Um, And I think Most people would know what a branded cow looks like or it's got the mark on their rump. Um, What actually happened over time then was it led to reputation and quality. So people start buying my cattle. Um, Over time, they get to know the mark that's on them and the quality of the meat or the leather or whatever products they get out of that. Um, And then over time, that builds that trust and differentiation from all the other farms. So that's really why branding started out 
Um, but it's still true today. It's like, how do we build on the reputation and trust that we build up with our customers? And that branding is literally the main thing, apart from if you're in person and they know you personally, um, your brand is really the one thing that makes you stand out from everyone else. So what what, what constitutes a, uh, a brand that's not distinctive, mate? What does that look like? Um, I think... And again, I'm trying not to go too designery, so I want to keep it a bit more <laughs> for people who are more business-minded. I think it's really about looking for similarities. So I don't know, say the banking sector, for instance, they're often quite conservative. Um, they tend to be lots of blues and greys and very corporate looking Banks such as even the Commonwealth Bank, I know that was a very distinctive and a real shift away when they did their rebrand a number of, I think it's even a few decades ago now, Mm. um, to that black and yellow. So very distinctive. I think, yeah, if you can see the difference in colours and styles, you're doing okay. If you're starting to look a little bit like I'm not sure which is which and who's who, um, then that's when we might be having a problem. And that that sort of then plays into the next area which is consistency right is that even just using that combank example um how does consistency play out mate and how do we assess that in this performance review oh absolutely consistency is really critical particularly once you've got um your brand sorted and you want to keep it consistent in terms of the way it appears the way um wording um is written the actual tone of voice Uh, which can be both in writing but also people answering the phone and that sort of thing. Um, Some, Again, without going too designery, but if you can have a look and see, does your logo appear the same everywhere or does it sort of get stretched here or do the colours get changed or does it get used in different ways? Um, Do you use the same colours and fonts on business cards as to your publications and websites and signage? Uh, which, again, you don't have to have a design degree, I think, to notice a bit of a change if things don't quite line up. Um, but also the tone of voice and messaging and keeping that really consistent. Um, it's not to say that, say, I'm sort of talking fairly calmly and slowly now. I'm not probably too crazy enthusiastic, um, but I could get really yelly and excitable and almost a bit sousy. Not saying that either of those are wrong, but if you start jumping from one to the other, and I always say it's a bit like if we're just having a conversation human to human, if I start being erratic and changing and our first meeting that we have, I'm very calm and the next time I'm going a bit loopy, you start to go, I'm not quite sure about this guy, you know, what's what's his deal? I'm not sure if I can trust him. Um, And brands run a real risk of doing that as well if they're not keeping consistent. Um, uh, the way I like to break it down, so if you want to think about a person or yourself, um, messaging is really what you say to people. So it's the words you use, the actual information, the stories that you tell, the stories about yourself, about your business. Tone of voice is how you speak to people. So again, if you're a bit, I don't know, conservative and a bit unsure, that comes across. Um, a lot of websites have, you know, we aim to, we strive to. So again, not very confident language. So it is actually something that comes across. Um, your logo I see as your face. That's the real main way that someone recognises you. So like, I know you, Jay. I didn't recognise you because of your, your shoes or what shirt you're wearing. It's your face that's how we recognise each other. Um, if you suddenly change your face, which some companies do without telling anyone, they do freak out. 
Um, and look and feel is really how you dress and your body language. So if you like to think of your brand as a person, you, you basically, you want to present yourself in a certain way, look a certain way and keep that consistency. So, and I think anyone who's in sales or even business development would know you, you do dress up and present yourself in a certain way, reasonably consistency, consistently to go to meetings and presentations and things. So your brand's really got to be the same. Hey there, sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Now, you know we're all about supporting your journey towards transformation of existing audiences into connected, captivated, and consistently profitable advocates for your business. So I wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Remarkably community. Each week, we curate and craft an email that brings together expert interviews, actionable tips, and shared ideas designed to help you find and facilitate your Remarkable. We also make ourselves available to be part of the conversations community members are hungry to have around marketing, customer experience, and profitable community building. Jump on to remarkably.com.au forward slash join. That's R-E-M-A-R-K-A-B-L-Y.com.au forward slash join and start showing up as a business or a brand that people feel compelled to talk about. Okay, let's get back to the interview. The interesting thing about that is from a small business perspective, we've gone through a lot of flux, I guess, in the last 18 months to two years. And that means probably a bit of staff turnover, um, probably a, a little bit of change in process and that kind of thing. And do you find in the organizations that you work with when it comes to consistency, um, does it align with having potentially too many hands um, in the mix, so too many staff members sort of taking their freedom to write a bit of content or a blog post here or um, using the logo in a different way over here. Is that where we lose a bit of our consistency over time? It can do, particularly if the rules aren't sort of set and agreed upon, um, and that really does come back to leadership, um, depending on the, type, the size of the business. So if obviously it's an owner-operator, they do tend to be very invested and like the story is their story um, compared to say an, a CEO or someone who's been installed into an existing business. Um, but it's still about getting the brand style, um, the brand messaging very clear so that you have the shared understanding amongst everyone from the top of the tree right down to the people that are doing the work, um, the people who are answering the phones, all that sort of, like every job's important. Um, if everyone does understand that story, you do get that consistency. You do get that shared understanding of why are we actually getting up and coming to work in the morning? What's the purpose of this organisation? And if you don't have that, then, yeah, people start to make things up and they have their own interpretation of, well, I think it's this and maybe I'll have to go at, saying it this way and yeah that's when the deviations do start to happen so i guess that there's a process after this and we'll, we'll get to relevance in a second but after this that you put in place some systems and processes that that act as a bit of a guardian for your brand so that you know in 12 months time you don't have to do as much around this um, distinctiveness consistency and relevance of of your brand as far as there won't be that bigger de deviation right um, yeah, that's the theory. I think once you've got it um, 
set up initially, particularly if you do get a style guide together, um, whether you do through a professional or do it in-house, it's really about getting that um, message out to the people. Um, I actually know the What's Next guys are part of our business network. I know they're big advocates for onboarding and actually telling that story to every new employee and they actually invite the other employees to sit in on those inductions because it's actually a good reminder so it's not only the business owner taking that responsibility to share the story um, but it's actually reinvigorating the rest of the team to remind them on what it means to work for that company Okay, fantastic. So the next step, mate, um, you mentioned relevance. What does that mean and how do we assess it? Relevance. Well, it's very much about your brand's here, your company's here, and do the two connect or is there a disconnect? Um, so while this might be a bit more difficult for people who aren't designers, um, I encourage you to think about it sort of in a non-design way. So rather than trying to go, I don't know if green's good or maybe my logo's too spiky, like rather than getting hung up on the details, um, think about how the brand makes you feel. So using words to describe the feeling when you see your brand in action, maybe you can just look through your website. Um, words like say modern or classic um, maybe it's looking really professional or maybe feeling like it's a bit backyard a bit homemade um, which is not necessarily a bad thing if you're making homemade cookies if you're a bank you might be reconsidering um, slick or whimsical aggressive um, or maybe just a bit tired like there are even words like that where you're just going I don't know it just looks a bit bit old I don't know it's looking a bit unhappy um, so without getting too specific, I think it's really important to use your gut. Um, I think a lot of business owners do use their gut instinct when they're making business decisions. So if something's just feeling a bit off or it's not quite sitting right, um, I'd definitely recommend, yeah, maybe getting a professional review or at least doing an internal review to say, hey, is this really sitting with us and where we are now and where we're heading? So I guess that there's that, um, piece around relevance when it comes to if you're if if, if you're having a, a gut feeling that's something's off, there's probably a good chance that your customers are feeling that too, right? Like a, a, that if there if there's a disconnect between your business and the actual branding or messaging that's out there, um, and you're feeling that disconnect, your customers are too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think particularly in this day and age with the internet, like customers are super savvy. Um, we're also very short attention spend and quick to assess a business on the way they look. Um, it's sort of a bit unfortunate. I guess people used to call that being a bit shallow, but the fact is I think something like 80% of our brain is dedicated to processing visual input, like it's some ridiculous proportion it's really how we get around the world, how we make decisions, how we, so it's that gut feeling based on how something looks or feels. Um, so I think it's really important to, yeah, compare your brands to what your business actually is because, yeah, chances are your customers are doing it too. Um, even if I can use an example. So say you're a growing tech company, um, maybe you're building cutting edge app technology. Uh, most of your staff are energetic and 20 somethings like got a real vibe going when everyone's on the computers and coding and 
you know, you feel like you're going places. Um, but then if you look and describe your brand when you look at it and read the messaging and you're saying words like, well, it's a bit more conservative and cold and a bit dated and a bit amateurish, um, that's an example of where you're going, okay, there's this disconnect between the brand and how your company actually is. Um, and I think that happens quite a lot, particularly in growing businesses because you're doing so well you've actually advanced quite away from maybe the logo and stuff you did yourself when you first got started, which is perfectly fine. Um, but now there's this sort of growing up phase where you've evolved, you've got bigger, um, and now the, the brand needs to sort of catch up and actually represent who you are now, uh, but also where you're heading even five to 10 years in the future. Um, you want to be able to grow into your brand into the future and take your customers along for the ride. And, and I guess it works the other way too, right? Like uh, if your brand is how, how you want it to be, um, do you often have clients that come through your doors that w- the behaviours in the business are not reflecting that? I have to say we've been pretty fortunate to have most of our clients have been fairly genuine and very passionate owners. So we haven't actually had that issue of the, I think you call it the lipstick on a pig scenario where you look fancier than you actually are. Um, maybe uh, some of the telecom companies have probably suffered from that over the years where they look pretty schmicko and big brand and fancy vans driving around. And then the customer service side falls in a heap when you actually want to talk to someone. Um, so again, that's disconnect the other way. So I think it is about that alignment and relevance in terms of making sure you are who you are. It's that authenticity part to it. Um, Probably what I found the majority of the cases are the businesses who are looking at this sort of stuff and really thinking about it are the ones that are growing and doing well. And it's really the brand that's lagging behind. Um, Having said that, keeping the staff on message and up to date is a challenge. So particularly if you are growing, um, I think we've discussed in the past the old fancy brand and everything looks great and the founders on the videos on YouTube going, this is amazing and we're awesome. And then you call up and the person on the phone's like, hello, can I help you? Like really down, bit downtrodden, almost a bit disinterested. So again, there's that doesn't take much to break that trust in terms of authenticity in a, in a business. Amazing. Okay. So we've just gone through a process there around um, the questions that you, you need to be asking of your brand in its performance review. Is it distinctive? Is it consistent? And is it relevant? Have you got any final thoughts for people around this performance review and what they should be thinking about when they um, look at their brand on a yearly basis? Yep. So I believe if your branding is distinctive, consistent and relevant, as you said, um, you really get this shared understanding and connection to your business. And there's three groups that come into this. So it's your leaders and management, um, your teams and employees, and then your prospects and customers. So to get all three of them having the shared understanding of a business is where you get that real true connection and loyalty. Um, So with the brand review, what we're looking to do or looking to ensure is that we continue to have this connection and understanding. Um, And if there is this disconnect, if there is a problem, there is a break in the link or management's thinking this thing, employees are thinking something else and the customers have got no idea what's going on, Obviously, there's opportunity there to speak to someone in branding or maybe a, a business coach or someone who can help you with your message and your branding. 
Um, and along the lines and in the context of all the content on this remarkable project, um, it's about inspiring your audience to talk to others about your business. And that's really powerful. Um, if your customers trust and connect with you and your business and its purpose, they're so much more likely to tell others your story. Um, and more importantly, if they know how to talk about your business, if they understand it, if they got really clear on your message and your story, um, it would be just that much more powerful. Totally. What a great way to, to wrap up. Um, mate, where, uh, if people want to connect with you, they want to learn more about what you're doing, um, join your community, where do they go? Yep, absolutely. Um, if people want to get in contact or see some of the things we get up to, our website is evocative.cc. So that's E-V-O-C-A-T-I-V-E.cc which is like a corn chip or for young people, that's like a Dorito. We used to have CCs here. <laughs> um, otherwise, you can email us at create at evocative.cc as well and we'll get back to you and have a chat. Amazing. So, guys, if you haven't already, take some time over the break to really give your brand a bit of uh I guess, a performance review. Look at the things that Ben's talked about today. That is it distinctive? Is it consistent? Is it relevant? Make sure that you take the time to look at that. With the change of staff, with the change of processes, maybe you've grown, expanded, these things sometimes get out of whack. And if you're not looking at it on a regular basis, it can be a, have a damaging effect on not only your brand, but um, your uh, customer base and obviously sales at the end of the day. So this will be our final episode um, leading up until Christmas. I wish you all a very safe and happy Christmas and we'll be back in early January. And until next time, stay remarkable. Thanks, Ben. Thank you.